It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, every day on the Locked On MLB podcast for a unique look at the majors, both present and past. Featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories, Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. For today's Locked On Reds, I have back with me a recurring guest, maybe, maybe a friend of the podcast. I don't know. I don't want to be too presumptuous of uh, his standing with uh, the Locked On Reds podcast, but he has been on many a time. He is former Reds great Bronson Arroyo, one of my favorite players that there ever was in a Reds uniform, and he had a big weekend this last week. Wanted to have him on to talk about that. But first off, Bronson, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. I can't complain. Uh, life is wonderful, man. It's cool out. Summer hasn't uh, burned a hole through us yet, and um, COVID is starting to slow down a bit, so everything's uh, going good, I think. It is nice to see all of that going on. I, I I was out walking earlier today, and I'm like, man, I, I, I want it to be warmer so I can wear shorts, but i got to have pants on right now. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a little chilly, especially out there on the golf course, but, um, but I'll take it. I think uh, – you know, I, I didn't, I didn't mind this winter, man. The snow came down a little bit. I kept my pool heated for the first time. Nice. Um, just like kept it like a giant hot tub and it was probably the, the, the best winter I've had. So it's, uh, I've been enjoying the cool weather. Well, that's all right. Uh, with, with the winter kind of subsiding and we, we finally getting some warm temperatures and getting some baseball going, you got the chance to get in the booth and you were actually in the visiting booth. You were, you're up in Cleveland. First off, what was that like calling a game and not only, uh, calling a Reds game, but calling a Reds game on the road. Yeah, it was a little different for sure. I mean, I haven't, uh, you know, I've done a couple of innings here and there on TV over the last few years before COVID, but i never got a chance to do radio. And what I realized really quickly was because if you listen to Anybody doing play-by-play on TV, it sounds basically like a radio show. You can't tell the difference if you just listen. They're describing the game as if you can't see it. And um, 
but you realize really quickly that on radio, you, you absolutely have to give enough airtime to the play-by-play guy and not interrupt him too much because he's, he's literally, you know, painting a picture for, for people who can't see it. Whereas when you're doing it on TV, you know, it allows you a little bit more freedom to tell stories in the middle of a few pitches and you can not worry about the results as long as the ball hasn't been batted in play. So, um, you know, I, I realized really quickly that I, I was going to have to pop in and out and kind of give a little bit of information here and there. And depending on how the flow of the game was going, was going to dictate everything. And that first night that I was in the booth, both both pitchers were, you know, just mowing down the orders quickly. So it, it became apparent <laughs> to me that I wasn't going to get to talk a whole lot. Yeah, I, I noticed that it was mostly just analysis. Did they give you the option of doing play by play on your debut? Oh, no, no, that would be a job <laughs> I, that you would need to you'd need to be. Uh, it'd be like jumping into the big leagues and trying to pitch in a big league game. I mean, you, you've got to be uh, you need some some practice. You need a lot of practice. I, I, I think you need a lot of hours in the booth to really, to really put that down the way it's supposed to be. I mean, I was up there with Tommy Thrall and he, I mean, just from rattling off the weather and what's going on during the game and just describing the way guys are waggling the bats at the plate or, you know, how they caught a fly ball or how they showed their disgust after grounding out or something, you know, all these adjectives just flowing off of his tongue, man. Um, I would not be able to do that. I mean, it would take a long time to get comfortable with that. <laughs> So what you're saying is your voice isn't stretched out yet. You don't have the innings under you. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have <laughs> the innings under me. And it, and it takes a while to, to get comfortable in, in any scene. And, I mean, it took me the better part of that first night just to get comfortable with all the stats that they had been giving me. You know, they gave me just stacks of papers on both teams. And it's it's so much information that you don't know where to go to look for a specific thing. So it takes a while to even get that straight in your mind in order to just call a game from front to back and know that you can recall, you know, what someone's ERA is on the road very quickly. So I know that you had mentioned before that you were friends with Wade Miley whenever you were out in Arizona and you've, you've gotten to know him and things like that. What was your perspective on the game? I know that we're a little bit far away from the no-hitter happening, but it's still pretty fresh in our minds. He's about to pitch on Thursday. So what was your perspective on Friday night's events? Well, it was it, the game felt like like Wade's personality, which is, Nothing's a big deal. I'm just going to go out here and pump strikes as quickly as I can. I might get my butt kicked sometimes, and sometimes I might just throw a no-hitter. You know, it was <laughs> it was very casual. Um, you know, it also helped that, you know, the Indians pitcher was also, um, you know, mowing them down, one, two, three, one, two, three. So on both sides, it was just going back and forth. It almost felt a lot – in a lot of ways, it felt like a, an exhibition game that guys were just trying to get bats over with. I mean, they were swinging early. Everything was a weak ground ball in the infield or – a pop-up in the infield. And, um, you know, in the end, it got really exciting there for the last three innings. But, you know, Wade takes that kind of stuff in stride. He thinks of himself as a, a good old boy from from Louisiana. <laughs> and, um, you know, he doesn't get super hyped up about stuff. It's awesome to see because – and I know that coming into this season, a lot of people – thought that they watched him in 2020 and knew what Wade was as a pitcher. And there were a lot of people that were like, why is he even in their starting rotation? So for him to have that night has to just be, and not that he pays a lot of attention to what folks are saying on Twitter, which I, you know, it, it's probably a bad practice to do in any walk of life, let alone baseball. But uh, he probably just felt really vindicated after that, I would think. Yeah, you know, he's off to a great start and and he he did not do that obviously in his in his first um year with the Reds, but it was a strange season. Um it was a little injury, you know, riddled for him and 
you know, I, I played with Wade and, and Wade's a guy who, um, who very similar to myself, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to have an idea of how to pitch. We're not going to wow you with anything, but we're going to probably give you a good outing more times than not. Right. You're going to want us on your ball club, even if it's in the four or five hole. Um, but we're going to get deep in ball games. Most of the time we're going to stay, you know, injury free most of the time. And we're going to give the team a chance to win probably two out of every three starts. And that's what I knew Wade as. That's why when he signed here, I thought it was a great pickup. And I said, I'll take him any day of the week. But, you know, when somebody gets off, gets off to a really bad start for the first four or five innings um, or the first starts with a team, no matter what they've done in the past, unless they're a Roger Clemens or a Justin Verlander, somebody on a really, really high pedestal, you know, people can judge very quickly. You know, I remember when I got here in 2006 and I got off to that great start of like five or five and one or seven and one to start the season. I hit those two home runs. You know, you probably couldn't convince anybody in the city that that maybe – you know, Bronson wasn't a good sign, but had I started out one and seven, you know, everybody might've written me off immediately. And it might've been that much harder to really kind of have people love you in the city and have people, you know, really feel proud about you being in their uniform. And so yeah. it, it's nice that Wade is now off to a good start. He's showing what he is as a pitcher. He's, he's not as good as what he's showing right now. Right. Like if you look on the back of his baseball card, he's not going to put up a two five for the whole year, but he's off to a good start. And even when it levels out, he's going to give you something solid. And that's all you're asking for out of a guy like him. Absolutely. And, and when it comes to uh, 2020, I got a question for you here in just a minute. But before we jump into that, have you guys heard about Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. This is amazing. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares of your favorite players like Wade Miley just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. Making money with sports trade is simple because player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points. The more points scored, the higher their value goes. Number two, good old supply and demand. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. Instantly buy and sell as many shares in as many players as you like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. And you guys have heard me talk about Built Bar for a while now, so you probably have already got in on the action. But just in case you haven't and you need a little taste, head on over to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the best tasting protein bar on the market. There's not going to be that chalky feel. There's not going to be that cardboard taste. You're going to feel like you're eating a candy bar because it's made with 100% real chocolate, but the stats mean make it a super healthy snack for you. It's high in protein, low in fat, low in sugar, and you're going to fit it into just about any single diet that you can imagine. Check it out today at BuiltBar.com and enter that promo code LOCKED15 
to save 15% off your next order. They've got great flavors like my favorite, Cherry Barcia. They've got peanut butter chocolate. They've got coconut. They've got raspberry. They've got even more. Check them out today, BuiltBar.com, and the promo code LOCKED15. From your perspective, kind of mentioning looking at a guy's 2020, with it being that shortened season and so strange compared to anything else that baseball has ever really been, how do you evaluate guys personally from just your perspective? For a season like that, I think you have to throw it out the window regardless of um, – because. You know, it, whether it's good or bad numbers, it's just like spring training. It's for one, it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's such a short season that you really don't get the beauty of what baseball is about. What, you know, the reason that baseball is such a beautiful sport is that it's 162 games. If, if you, if you take the teams who are leading the divisions at the end of May every year and ask how many of those make it to the playoffs or how many of those, you know, win a world series, it's not going to be nearly as many, right? Because it takes the whole season to really take a team that is not quality and make sure that you can poke holes in their weaknesses. Right. And so that's why the the teams perennially, it doesn't matter how you get off uh, when you're the St. Louis Cardinals, You, you know, that you've got the talent, you know, you got the ball club to chip away over this long haul and then have a chance to end up on top. And so, um, you know, a short season like that for me, it doesn't mean a whole lot either way. I think, you know, you want to see guys pitch three, four seasons in the big leagues. And then you look at the back of their baseball card and you say, Hey, this is who he is. You know, he hits 275. That's Brandon Phillips, right? It's, it doesn't matter how Brandon starts. He's a 275 hitter. That's what the back of his baseball card says. And that's, that's what you have to do with other guys too. But it's, it's hard to do that. When you get a new player from another team, you usually make judgments very quickly. You got the chance. So you called the, you were part of the no hitter and then you also had Saturday's game and then you were supposed to call Sunday's game, but that of course got rained out. When you look back on your first experience in the radio booth, what's going to be the first thing that comes to your mind? Um, what I thought it would be, you know, you need to study a little bit. You need to pay attention to the game. You know, even though I've been almost watching every Reds game, you also realize really quickly the difference between actually playing with a guy and knowing him personally and the guys who maybe you watch play, but you don't know them personally. Right. So for the, for the 15 guys that I played ball with on that team, like a Joey Votto and Amir Garrett, a Sal Romano, I know these guys inside and out. Right. I can tell you about their personalities. I can tell you why they're doing things out on the mound um, because I can get inside their head. I know them well enough. But guys who I don't know well, like Castellanos. Right. um, I can only observe just as a fan does. And so it's it's really tough to speak really precisely about a guy like that, because I actually don't know him, even though I could watch him play every single day. There's still certain things about him that make him tick. I don't know if he's a shy guy. I don't know if he's really loud in the clubhouse. I don't know if he's quick to fight. I don't know if he goes drinking at night, right? All these things tell you something about a guy. And and um, so, you know, you find yourself realizing that as people exit the game that you once played with, that job up in the booth will become harder and harder. Castellano strikes me as the guy that goes out and loosens up after about the fourth or fifth shot. <laughs> after the fourth or fifth shot? <laughs> right. I, I, th- I think like after that fourth or fifth shot, like he, you probably can't get him to stop talking. Like he seems like in his postgame interviews and stuff like that, he seems very, you know, you know, not uptight, but very reserved. 
And I feel like there, there's probably a point that he gets to that it's just like all of a sudden like, oh, wow, okay, you do talk. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's the that's the thing, you know, when you're a kid and you watch baseball, you you take these 25-year-olds and you, 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 you think of them as like really grown men. But what you come to find out is that, you know, the pinnacle of sports is based off of a lot of times just pure testosterone and not so much about somebody being, you know, mature outside of the ballpark. And so, um, you know, when, when you get to see behind the curtain and see that a lot of times you're playing with, you know, pretty young guys that can be, you know, very kid-like in a lot of, in a lot of ways, you know, when you see that personality up close, it tells you a lot about them. But sometimes, like you said, you watch an interview and you're not really sure. I mean, it comes off as one thing, but it also could be a bit of a mask, you know, you're not sure if you're getting the true David Ortiz. Is he, is he big poppy? Is he fun? Is he, is he great to be around or, or is he a little different? It's a bit of an act. He seems like, just one of the top clubhouse dudes, at least on this year's team uh, alone. Speaking of one of the top guys, you got to watch him pitch on Saturday. A big topic with this Reds team so far this year has been what is going on with Luis Castillo. And, and Saturday was another un-La Piedra-like start. There was a lot of pitches being thrown, and he wasn't getting those swings and misses that he typically does on his changeup. What do you think is going on with Luis Castillo right now? You know, I said it on the air and I, I think um, he looks to me like he has become uh, a little one dimensional. And um, when I say that, you know, he's got, he's throwing, he throws the ball obviously really, really hard up to, you know, up to a hundred miles an hour. And, you know, you can beat good hitters with that if it's in the right locations, but really having, really razor thin like command is not really his thing right his thing has been i can beat you in 95 96 but my changeup is so good i can throw that kind of in the middle of the plate as well right it's it's he's he's beating you kind of um i would say forward and backwards which is like taking velocity off the pitches and then adding velocity um he's not really a guy who's nitpicked the corners as a guy like greg maddox would and so i i feel like the league has come around to realize that he is just basically fastball changeup. His breaking ball, he doesn't throw it very often. It doesn't have a lot of movement to it, and they almost can just eliminate it. So now you're, if you're a left-handed batter, you know his fastball is probably going to tail away from you, and his changeup is going to tail away from you, right? And so you now are starting to just like, I've just got to figure out timing here. It's just one or two pitches that kind of look the same with the same shape. And that is what I believe is is why he's not getting the strikeouts they're they're being able to stay back just enough to foul off as many changeups as they need to until they can put one into play and you know part of that is is just a little bit of bad luck as well i'm not saying if he keeps doing what he's doing he'll continue to have a you know a six era or whatever but um that's what i observed the other night was just that I, i think he just either he either needs to be able to beat guys on the inner half of the plate with a fastball with two strikes because you know hitters don't respect any part of the zone, no matter if you knock them down or whatever it is, you can't throw a strike in there. So if you beat a guy on a one-two count on the inside fast when you freeze him, he then has to respect the inner half of the plate. If you go inside with 100 miles an hour and it's always just an inch off, it's always a ball, he doesn't have to respect it at all. And so I think that's what's happening with him. He can't beat guys inside for strike three and freeze them. And then so they're just leaning out over the plate, just waiting for that changeup. So with him, do you think that that is a, a an easy not not necessarily easy, but do you think that the adjustment will be 
easier, I guess. I know that nothing is easy in professional pitching, but when it comes to getting that inside fastball with him, being that command isn't his biggest strong suit when it comes to his career, is the adjustment close? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the toughest thing to bounce back from is an injury. He's healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, his stuff looks about like it always has, right? So you don't have to fix stuff. You don't have to fix um, any health. And, you know, maybe there's one little tiny thing mechanically that maybe, you know, that he needs this checkpoint that he's not feeling right now. But I think it's really close. I think he just needs one to two good starts back to back. You've got to have a couple in a row to get that confidence back. Between the ears is very sensitive when you play sports. It doesn't matter, you know, when you're standing at the plate or when you're on the mound, you're never thinking about anybody else's head game really except your own, right? Because a lot of guys, you're, 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 you're dealing with what's going on inside of your own body. How strong do I feel? Is my command there? You know, um, do I feel uncomfortable right now? Do I feel really confident? There's all these things that are just running through your own mind. And I think at right now when you've gotten your butt kicked as many times as he has in a row no matter how strong you feel it just makes you feel like you're thrown uphill or underwater right it's it, you just feel like you can't succeed and so i just think he needs two outings in a row where he has quality starts and get like one win and then the, the ball can start rolling and then maybe you fix that one thing mechanically or whatever but it, but right now every time he goes out on the mound in the first inning if he gives up one run right away it's an immediate kind of negative feeling like oh here we go again he's gonna have to do it here in Colorado that's where his next start is gonna be and with his struggles and with a couple other guys struggling as well I kind of want to get your thoughts on where the Reds sit right now but before we jump into that I wanted to let everybody know we still have this amazing offer at betonline.ag just enter the promo code locked on you'll get 50% added onto your initial deposit and with that added money I'll even give you a tip to take to the bet online website today the first two games of this reds pirate series i've been making money off the total it's been hitting the over every single time and now going up on the hill today is sunny gray against trevor cahill i do not expect sunny gray to have a bad game i think he's going to pitch very well Trevor Cahill, on the other hand, the Reds absolutely destroyed at Great American Ballpark. The total for this game is currently sitting at 7.5 with a slight value that's better than what you're putting in as far as the bet goes if you take the over. Take the over at 7.5 and watch the money come to you later on this afternoon. I'm telling you, the Reds and Pirates are going to score a lot more runs in this game than 7.5, so lock in that over right now at betonline.ag and type in the promo code Locked On to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. New game day shirt? Boom. Cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom. Cash back. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. And with him kind of going through some struggles early on this season and Eugenio Suarez going through struggles early on this season, I know that the Reds just fell to the Pirates 7-2, to so they're back under five hundred. How do you evaluate this team right now, and do we know what we know about the Reds, or is it all still up in the air? 
you know, I see the, I see this team as a better offensive team than they've probably had here in a long time. Probably more balanced offensively than any team that I played on here. Yeah. Um, you've got you got less swing and miss guys. I think you have guys who put the ball in play. I think you're going to have less strikeouts. Um, you've just got those those grinders, right? If we would have had if we would have had seven Brandon Phillips, I would have considered that team about the same as this ball club, right? It's guys yeah. who can shoot doubles, can hit you some homers. Um, but are, are going to give you a good quality at bat. That is the upside of this team, I believe. The downside to the team right now, I believe, is, and, you know, when you pull Bauer off that rotation, I would have said this from the beginning, is that I think that you're, you're probably a little underhanded to, to win this division or win a World Series with the rotation they have because you've, you're going to have to count on Louis having, you know, he needs to be a Cy Young candidate, and you're going to have to have Mally you know, have a year that he hasn't had yet. Mm-hmm. If those two things happen, then I believe this ball club could get over the hump. But those are two huge question marks in a rotation of five guys. I, I just keep looking at them, and it feels like for every really good thing that they do, there's something that is equally just kind of gnawing and frustrating at you that, you know, as a fan, it's it, you almost get too high one day and too low one day. So you're trying to figure out what is in between. Where does this team currently sit and it's just it's been interesting I mean there's no better example than the last four games they had a no hitter and then they got blown out and then they blew out the pirates and then they got blown out by the pirates it's like completely up and down the roller coaster reds right and 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 that's that's what you get when you don't have you know a really really solid core of a team from front to back and that means all assets you know aspects playing you know the bullpen your starting pitching, your defense, and your lineup from top to bottom. You know, you need every part of that. The teams that win a World Series, they're dynamic in all in almost every facet. It's very difficult to have, you know, a terrible defense and still pull off a World Series or to have only two guys in a rotation. You know, it's just it's really difficult. And the Reds are always playing the cat and mouse game of how do we try to save some money, but let's go out and get some quality guys. So you're always you're always having to give up something to get something right. You have to give up Bauer in order to go out and get a couple of hitters. And so, you know, it just takes a really lucky run of a couple of minor league guys to fill the gaps on a team like that in order to for that to happen, to have a Johnny Cueto come to the organization again. It just doesn't happen every day. You know, if you look at the guys who came up in the rotation who were possible starters on this ball club as I was exiting this team, you're talking about Amir Garrett, Sal Romano. You're talking about Cody Reed. You're talking um, uh, Brandon Finnegan. Finnegan. You yeah. also got the, the one we got in the trade for Chapman. Um, oh, uh, Rookie Davis. Yeah. Rookie Davis. Right. So you take all these guys and Lorenzen even and throw him in that mix. There's six, six or seven guys. You're hoping one of them can be as good as, you know, even a Homer Bailey, right? Mm-hmm. It, much less a Johnny Cueto. And, and you're, you know, you don't get that from any of these guys, right? So they end up pitching in your bullpen or going somewhere else. So, you know, in order to get a guy to come out of an organization and win you 100 games like a, a Johnny Cueto or be a Cy Young candidate, it's very difficult to do. And, you know, if you can't go out and buy the big dogs of the game, then it just leaves you hoping to get lucky at some point. What all goes through, because I know that when uh, fans look at a performance like Jeff Hoffman had last night, they start to look through the organization. Who can fill in? And inevitably, the first two names that are going to pop up are the top two pitching prospects in Nick Lodello and Hunter Green. But 
those guys feel like as close as they are to the major leagues, it still seems like they have one more step to go through. Whenever it comes to a young pitcher, regardless of how phenomenal their prospect uh, hype might be, what all goes through a major league debut when you're talking about a guy that you are almost expecting to be in the rotation as soon as he comes up? Yeah, you know, it's a, it, there's a lot of layers to to becoming just a, a, a mainstream starting pitcher in baseball. And then to, to, to last for 10 years or more, you know, that's a whole other layer. But the ones below that that people don't quite realize sometimes is, you know, you're pitching in the minor leagues. There's, there's all these different things that happen, right? For one, the baseballs in the minor leagues are different. They feel different. They're rubbed up different. They don't get thrown out of the game as quickly, right? So there's one layer of comfort level you have at the minor leagues. Come to the big leagues, you're more uncomfortable, right? There's more people watching the games. You know, it's on television. You've got a manager who doesn't necessarily know you personally. So you you feel like he's judging you with his eyes a little bit more. Um, Your teammates are a little older than you. They have more money than you. They know the routine in, in and out of a ballpark and you don't. How you get there? Where do we eat? You know, there's all these different layers of of uncomfortableness when you first get called to the big leagues. So to be a young guy, come right to the big leagues, like a Jonathan Papelbon dominate from, from day one and have a 10 year career. It happens so few and far between it's unreal. So if you get a guy like Hunter green or when Homer Bailey was coming up, you got to expect these guys are not going to be consistent pitchers, even if they do a good job until second or third year into the league. And that's if you give them the ball every fifth day. You know, if you bounce a guy up and down from AAA to the big leagues constantly and then maybe put him in the bullpen for a bit and then pull him back out of the bullpen, that is just pushing that timetable even further back. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's just a very difficult thing to be a frontline major league starter and be very, you know, be really consistent. And that's why I've always been a fan of leaving people um, in a rotation that you know what you're going to get out of them like a Wade Miley. If he goes 12 and 12 and throws your 180 innings, that is a win for any organization rather than putting a a young guy like Hunter Green in there and being like, let's see if he's Doc Gooden in year one, because it's probably not going to happen. Bronson, I appreciate you coming on the podcast again today to talk with me. I I got two more questions before I let you go, and and they're shorter, I promise. Um, Number one, where and when can we see the Bronson Royal Band? Well, we're just starting to kick off some shows again. So um, on the Bronson Royal Band Facebook page, we're going to be updating the show soon. The the most recent one and the closest one by um, is going to be May 30th. I believe it's a Sunday. We'll be playing after the Florence Freedom game, a two-hour show. They've got a nice stage there. That should be a full-on electric show. That'll be um, that'll be a good one. But we will be updating the, the rest of the shows around town um, here really shortly. Nice. And the second one is, what was your most recent round of golf? What'd you shoot? I actually played today and a couple of days ago, both at Triple Crown. I shot 84 the other day, and I shot 87 today. Nice. So I've, I've been playing a, a little bit better, a little bit better, but you still kind up having a couple of blow up holes or not being able to finish those putts out. But I'm, you know, there's days that I'm throwing up an 80 now. I never thought I could do that. I've got my index down to a nine and, uh, 
I'm not taking it that serious, but I've found a way to play the game that makes me feel comfortable. And I can kind of, you know, you can c- compete out there with some guys that are better than you, but give them a run for their money. So it's, it's been fun. Exactly. I, I've been trying here lately. I, it's like one day the short game's on, the next, ga- the next day the tee, I'm hitting good off the tee, and then the next day I can't putt. I, it's, I'm trying to figure out the, uh, the magic code. And, they, and there you go. That, that's a perfect example of why it's so hard to be a consistent major league player right there. Because what you just talked about is basically the equivalent of a lot of guys going out there with their three or four pitches. And sometimes they have that great breaking ball going and nothing else is working. And sometimes they have the fastball, but what you have to be able to do in order to be really consistent is to know that you, you, you basically, your spray has to be less, right? Like hitting off a tee, hitting that driver you can never you know if you're jack nicholas he always knew he was going to cut the ball he probably never hit a snap hook in the woods in 20 (laughs) years right Right. because he knew that he played a cut and so that's what you have to do with your pitching your pitching is not to be able to you can't have this giant spray you've got to be really tighten it up laser tight to where you don't always have your good stuff but even when you have your bad stuff it looks about like your good stuff and no one else really knows but you that's that's how you get a really consistent starter in the major leagues and um that's that's just very difficult to do and, and it's difficult at golf and that's why there's not many guys you know playing playing on the tour he is bronson arroyo follow his band page on facebook the bronson arroyo band and go down to the florence freedom game or florence florence freedom or florence y'alls well it's the y'alls now thing. i keep saying freedoms right but it's yeah no. <laughs> i remember when they had the voting and, and y'all stars was an option i'm like oh it's got to be y'all stars right but no they just went with y'alls i, I guess it's shorter uh, anyway. I'm, st- I'm still call- i'm still stuck saying the tampa bay devil rays too even though it's <laughs> i always remember when they shortened it to the rays i'm like well they cast the devil out they got it all right, <laughs> right. um <laughs> Bronson, I appreciate you so much, sir, and uh, we'll hopefully talk to you again soon. Hopefully hear you on the radio again here soon. All right. I appreciate it. Always appreciate having Bronson on. And tomorrow on the podcast, we're going to recap this series, and I'm also going to welcome on the brand-new host of the Locked On Rockies podcast to break down this four-game set in the mountains coming up this week in between the Reds and Rockies. That's going to be tomorrow. Make sure that you don't miss it by following the podcast on whatever app you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Lockdown Reds. Also, follow the uh, Instagram page as well at Lockdown Reds. And my personal one is at Carr Jeff if you want to follow that. That's just my Twitter handle backwards. All right. That's going to do it for us here today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.